Mutability. Welcome to Nature's Lead. This is a podcast available at naturesleed.com that both examines and inspires a certain approach towards life that is based both on personal philosophies and on the writings of people such as Emerson and Thoreau. Please send any feedback to info at naturesleed.com or drop a comment onto the blog at naturesleed.com or even onto iTunes or wherever you get the feed from. And if you're new to the podcast, I encourage you to listen to any prior episodes to get a better feel for things. This is Series 1, Episode 8, Title, Nature's Stinging Truth. Great, good to be back. In this episode, I'll illuminate a little about the stinging truth of nature through something that I recently experienced. I'm sorry, but there's no random window today in order to leave enough time for my story. So on to the main topic, nature's stinging truth. With all the idealism of the romantics, with all their beautiful paintings of the natural world in which we live, with all of their uplifting vigor and kinetic strength, it's important to remember their grounding in the stinging truth nature holds. It's as simple as one word, death. My grandfather passed away, and we're having the funeral this coming week. And I also have a story of life and death that I witnessed in nature just last week, so I figure this would be a good time to touch on one of nature's key processes, one we can't ignore. I want to share with you an experience I had this past week, and I'm going to race through this so that this episode remains around 10 minutes. I was in the Tetons with my father in Wyoming, and we drove up through Yellowstone's beautiful Hayden Valley, over Mount Washburn, and down into Lamar Valley, which is my dad's favorite. We were stopped along the road watching a herd of buffalo, or bison, and the great expanse of the valley and the river flowing through, when all of a sudden the bison decided to forge the river from our side to the other side. This was quite a sight. First of all, this was a wet year for the area, so the river was high and rough, and also this particular little herd had many babies. First, the strongest seemed to make their way and establish the best crossing point. They then all began to follow. Incredibly tough and strong animals. The bison is a massive animal. They swam well. Then the mothers and their babies began. When the babies went through, all that was evident of their survival was the top halves of their heads sticking out of the water, frantically flowing across and down the stream. They all seemed to be making it successfully. All seemed predisposed to such an undertaking, even though it was early in the growing season and they were thus awkward and skinny, still only four feet or so off the ground. By now, many cars had stopped and people were watching with fascination. And then came the final mother and her baby. They passed over the first finger of the river with no problem onto the central sandbar, standing tall and ready for taking on the thick, monstrous swell of the flow in front of them. The mother made one mistake, though. She turned a bit to the right and entered the river a bit downstream from where the others had crossed, maybe only a matter of 20 or 30 feet. As she and her baby entered, the baby was noticeably being pulled farther and farther away from her as the baby sits so shallow and light in the water. The multi-thousand-pound mom was slowed in her downstream pursuit. Now the baby was trying to swim constantly to the other shore, but it seemed to be going down the river faster than across it. Soon the baby was out of sight to all of us, for the river, going left to right, curved around towards us with high banks and then continued on down to the right of us, which was towards the west. Then we saw the mother swimming back to the near shore. 
she came out onto the flats, up the river, off to our left, and began to throw a complete fit. She hurled herself up in the air and stomped down hard, and she began to run full speed, then darting left and right. She lost the baby. We all watched in horror. There were about 30 of us now. I ran over to the river's bank and looked down at the rushing water coming around the small bend, expecting to see, I don't know, something. But the water was cold and blank. We watched the mother go half insane, and we all were right there with her in empathy. My dad joined my side and was as serious-faced as I was, wholly in the moment. The mother calmed down a bit, looked around, and headed back for the river. Her herd was up against the hill on the sloping valley on the other side of the river. They were blissful and unaware. As she prepared to forge the stream, my dad, with the urgency and excitement of a kid spotting the cotton candy guy at the ballpark, points across the river and says, Look, he made it. He's right there. And sure enough, at the point of the bend, just across the river from us, a little head pops up onto the top of the bank from the river below. The baby was standing there, dripping wet, stunned, but alive. Now we all looked over at the mom, who was hundreds of feet away, and pointed across the river, saying, Your baby's right there. English, after all, is the preferred language of the North American bison, little known fact. We thought that was it. We almost witnessed a tragedy, but the baby made it after all. So we went straight from devastation to relief and happiness. But the tale wasn't over as we soon noticed that the mother didn't see the baby downstream. As she approached the river, not more than a couple hundred feet from her baby, she headed straight for the crossing. She forged that stream like a tank through a puddle. She was across in no time and roughly bounced her way to the top of the bank. On the other side, now the same side as her baby, she retook up her emotionally charged wandering as she ran from group to group of her fellow herd, almost as if sharing and maybe even pleading her story to them. But they seemed indifferent, unable to help in any way. One or two did run behind her for a while, almost as if in sympathy or making sure she'd be okay. The whole thing was laid out right there before us and was hurtfully touching and tragic. The baby walked towards the herd for about 50 feet and then just stood there, not knowing what to do. The other babies were bouncing around and bubbly when they came out of the river with their moms, but this one came out sober and serious, stunned to slow movements and uncertainty. He was probably about 500 feet away, but neither he nor they knew it. The frustrating reality of all this was that we were helpless. We were on the other side of the river, and there was no bridge for miles. If we were on that side, we could have ushered that baby back to the herd, but we might as well have been in theater chairs reclining with some popcorn. We waited with hopes that he'd be spotted, but soon it got darker and it began to rain. We all began to head out, and as we did, we looked at each other with faces of somber clarity, for this was what these animals live with daily. As my father and I got in the car and headed back to a place to eat about an hour away, we didn't say much. There were some idle comments about a rock formation or some bad road along the way, but silence for the most part. Then, about a half an hour in, I said, Well, at least it will be harder for a predator to find the baby in the pouring rain. And my dad, to my surprise, for he's one of those typical stoic, strong dads, says, 
Oh, I'm so glad you said something because I've been thinking about that baby constantly, but I didn't want to say anything. I laughed. That was so out of character for my dad. He's not really emotional about things like that normally, but this was different. We were there. We were part of the scene. We hashed out all the scenarios, and all of my dad's were positive. In fact, we never went over any possible negative scenario, but I think we knew deep down it was the most likely. See, what was bothersome about it was the fact that he lived and was alone now. If he had been swept under the water, then the death is quick and relatively painless. You still feel horrible for the mother. But this, to know the baby's out there alone right in front of you and you can't do anything about it, that was a tragic, tearing feeling to have inside. After our meal, we were sitting there looking at each other across the table, kind of dumbly, a little more experienced in the realities of nature now. Then he leans over towards me and says with an inkling of spark and energy, Let's go back. Let's go back and see if you made it. <laughs> that may have been one of the most revealing and wonderful things my father ever said to me. But even after my eyes lit up, within seconds we both knew it was pointless. It was pitch black and nothing can be heard across the river because of the noise of the rushing water. And a flashlight was too weak to shine across that distance. We had to live with the painful uncertainty of simply not knowing. I learned a lot, felt a lot that day. But I think what I learned about my dad was just as important as what I learned about that mother bison. Emotions drive us. We are built on emotion. Living things are moved by emotion. And in that beautiful common thread are we all working together, standing tall above the earth before being pulled back down into it by nature's stinging truth. That brings us to a close. So until next time, I wish you well, and don't forget to follow nature's lead.